Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Embracing the Gray with Vic and Kels, where we are here to challenge the all or nothing thinking when it comes to all things food, body, and mindset. And today we're going to be talking about food journaling. This is one of the number one habits that I have had Let's see, and now at least for five years, ever since I started healing my relationship with food and being able to consistently journal my food, it is not with my fitness pal. We will be talking about the app that Victoria and I use every day <laughs> and absolutely love, and we'll be sharing that tool with you. So with that, how are you, Vic? Happy New Year. I know. Happy 2024. I'm good. I'm very excited because I was reflecting this morning about how much I love the eight app. And I was like, I'm just excited to talk about it just because it's been very, very helpful in my journey. So I'm hoping that if you guys are looking for a way to kind of create some awareness around your food, it's a good place to start and a good listen. So, yes. Oh my gosh. And I, you hit the nail on the head right there with that one word awareness, so there is, <laughs> I get a lot of pushback at times from clients when they're first starting with me, because they're like, I just don't want to track food. I don't want to be into that. Like it, I get obsessive. There is a huge difference between awareness and obsession, right? And again, we're oftentimes we get into this place where we think if we, if to, in order to eat healthy, it has to be perfect. I'm obsessing and I'm tracking every single calorie, every single macro, or I'm just saying, F it, I'm throwing my hands in the air. I don't even care, whatever. And we are finding the gray zone, the middle zone, where we are able to be aware of the choices that we are making without obsessing. And that is why I love the eight app. So again, guys, a Carl Jung quote that I absolutely love is that until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your light, your light, your life, and you will call it fate. And it's this idea that if you're unconscious, if you don't know why, like, if you feel like, I don't know why I'm gaining weight, I don't know what I'm doing, like I'm eating all the things, like if you don't actually know, if you aren't, aren't actually conscious about the decisions that you're making or understanding like why you're eating certain foods, it won't matter. Like that's, that's what we're doing. And so the difference between say obsession and awareness and why I prefer the eight app over say my fitness pal is because rather than tracking calories or macros, all you're doing is taking a quick picture before you eat. So for you, Vic, when I first brought this up, what has been like, what is it about the eight app that has been so helpful for you? Yeah. So I think the first thing is in specifically when I was getting treatment for binge eating disorder stuff, we tracked our food in treatment. So that was already something that well, at first I was kind of like, uh, is this going to help me? Is this going to hinder me? Right. And so I, we had like little food log packet things where you would, I mean, very similar to the ADAP, but just on paper, um, tracking or journaling what you eat, how you're feeling your pre, um, pre-meal hunger mid, we would sit for longer periods of time with the food, um, and then post-meal hunger. So I was already kind of, um, already knew that that worked because when I did commit to it in therapy, it was really helpful. And then I kind of went completely off of like, no, I don't want to measure or look at anything. And that was like that extreme mindset. And so when you had introduced it to me, I was like, okay, this I think would be the happy medium of 
no, I'm not going to use my fitness pal. And even honestly, like the thought of having to like weigh my food out. And I know many, many episodes ago, we were kind of talking like, oh, could we potentially do that? Yeah, we could. Do we need to? No. Like if what we're doing is working and we're healthy and we feel energized and hydrated and all the things, it, it's not necessary. Um, So I think when you introduced me, it was obviously at a very perfect time that where I needed that. And I just needed to... Well, at that time, obviously, I just wanted to stop binge eating. And the thought of having to honestly take a picture of whatever I was going to binge eat on was enough for me to start creating some awareness of like, then I need to start taking pictures of my meals because I wasn't eating regularly scheduled meals. So it was the perfect balance of flexible and also like, I need to also do this just for myself to have some evidence of what my intake is like. Um, and, and really obviously it's a little bit different, right? Tracking macros, you're tracking the oils, you're tracking salt, all of these other things. And you can't necessarily get that in a picture, but it, it you know, it's, it's, we don't need to look at all of the nitty gritty of it. It's, are you having those meal experiences? Are there vegetables? Is there fiber? It, you know, it, it's making that whole experience. So I, it was the perfect time. And what I really appreciated about it was how quick it was because it it wasn't interfering on anything in my life other than just, I typically always have my phone nearby so I can just snap a picture. And if I don't have my phone or it's upstairs charging or whatever, you can log it manually later on. If you didn't snap a picture just to have that timestamp as well. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think the biggest thing I recently had a client come to me and she was like, She was questioned a bit, like why she was taking pictures of her food. What was the point? And I think the big thing that I want to remind everybody is it's not so much about what you're eating, but why and how we get so caught up in like, is this a good food? Is this a bad food? Is this what I should be eating? Is this what I shouldn't be eating? When really, if we were to take the time and ask ourselves, why am I eating this, right? Am I eating this because I'm physically hungry? Am I eating this because I'm emotional right now? Am I eating this because I'm bored? How am I eating this? Am I eating this sneaking and I'm in my bedroom or I'm in the pantry and I don't want anyone to see? Am I eating this in my car? Am I eating this while watching television? Or am I eating this while sitting at the table from a plate? That makes such a difference. Like again, I the first, and we'll talk about it, with the 8 app, one of the really cool things that they have is they have something called on path, off path. Now you actually can turn that feature off, but I really like it. And a lot of our clients at first, like they'll think like, wait, is on path a healthy food? Like what what do I know? It's kind of the whole clean eating. I'm eating clean. What does that even mean? Like who says that a sweet potato is better than a regular potato? They're not, they're like the exact same people. But for some reason in our heads, sometimes we assume that this food is better than the other. When we say on path, off path, using the eight app, what we mean is that you're basing it on your experiment at the time. And the experiment that I always give my clients that first time when they're trying it out is to have it be um, eating from a plate. I don't care if it's a plate of brownies. I don't care if it's, it's a plate of chips. I don't care what the food is. I care that you're eating it from a plate. And if you're eating it from a plate, 
then you get to say that it's on path because guess what? If you're eating it from a plate, it's a conscious decision. You're not sneak eating it. You're far more likely to eat less and be aware of the portion. And you're far more likely to be satisfied because you're making it a meal experience rather than just making it a mindless whatever thing. So that's one of the very first things that I absolutely love is, is the on path af off path feature. Is there another feature that you really, really like about it? Um, well, I was going to say, so some of the experiments, I'm just going to read some of them out so you guys can have an understanding of any of them. First off, you can create your own. So if there was something specific you wanted to work on that isn't in this list, you can customize it. Um, one of them is eating from a smaller plate, uh, eating with the non-dominant hand, using smaller utensils, eat more veggies, putting food on the plate, um, putting your phone down while eating, talk, taking your first bite with your eyes closed eating bite-sized, taking two deep breaths before meals. Um, there's a bunch of them eating with chopsticks, which is, I mean, that automatically kind of slows you down already. Um, unless you're my husband, he eats really fast with chopsticks. I don't understand how to use them. <laughs> um, turning off the TV, scheduling your meals, home cooking. So these are just a few examples. There's literally scrolling, 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 and you can read lots of them, but, um, that is something. So speaking of that, um, we, we had like a, a little new year's get together and somebody had came up to me this, um, in December and was just basically just like, wow, it's been really cool to see you the past two years, like, and your whole life change. And like, he had saw me running, we were running in the snow. Like I started running in December. It was the wildest thing and was just like, wow. And long story short, we get to the end of the conversation and he was like, yeah, I took this picture on my phone and it was of all this food that was just sitting on my couch while eating and while watching TV. And he showed me the picture. And like, to me, I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, like Oreos or like, you know, chocolate bars, because that automatically is going to reinforce the shame that was already there. And I, I had recommended the eight app. And then I was just like, what if you could just put some of that on a plate in the kitchen and let's just start there before we're going to say, I mean, never do you have to say no Oreos or, you know, whatever chocolate you like or any of that. It was just like, can you put that on a plate in the kitchen and then go watch your show or like that was like step one. And just the thought of that, because I think sometimes people think it just has to be removed completely. That's even more detrimental and scarce in our minds than, oh yeah, I could put that on a plate. I could put that in a bowl. Oh so. my gosh. Like I wish, huh, I wish more people could understand this one simple experiment because otherwise this whole idea of either you can't have it at all or if you do have it, it's something you need to hide. It's creating all of this shame. It's making this food more scarce. It's creating the cravings to be even bigger. Whereas when you just allow yourself to have it on a plate, you are saying, hey, I'm an adult. This is a conscious decision. I am not feeling any guilt or shame for making this choice with my food right now. And I'm going to freaking enjoy it. Like it changes everything. And that's like, again, taking a picture of it. So for me, like one of the big things that I love about the eight app is it, it, it's this getting ahead of it. It adds a little bit of friction. 
we're trying to break the habit of mindlessly eating or mindlessly grazing throughout the day. Because I promise you, that's actually the bigger problem when it comes to struggles with binge eating and when it comes to struggles with your weight, is that we're mindlessly just eating throughout the day. We're not even paying attention. Our brain isn't even registering what we're actually doing. Or we're not eating enough during the day. And then when we come home at night, we're starving and we just end up like binging on everything. And so for me, the thing that two big things that I love about the A app is number one, it adds a little bit of friction. It makes me have to pause and ask myself, why am I eating this right now? If I'm mindlessly like wandering into the pantry or if I'm about to, maybe you're in like at a, you're in the office and someone has a bowl of candy. Is that actually what you want? Like, are you willing to take a picture of it? Is this the life experience that you want to have right now? Or are you just avoiding something or just like, this is just mindlessly out of habit, right? Number two, that I absolutely, the biggest thing that helped me bring back my hunger and fullness cues and totally changed the way that I feel about food was there's a little timer that goes in between every time that you take a picture. So number one, I can take a picture of my food and see how long it took me to actually eat that meal. You would be surprised how many meals you can eat in under like eight minutes. It's so sad. We get so excited for this food and then we don't even like taste it. We just inhale it. And so yeah. it it's a way for us to slow down. Like notice all of the experiments that you read off they were helping us to slow down. It didn't say don't eat this food. It just said like, take a breath, eat with chopsticks. Like it, it's just a different way of you slowing down and being more mindful with your experience. But then after you take the picture, for me, I now notice if it's been about every, you know, around three or four hours, I start to feel hungry. I start to have those hunger cues. I didn't even know what hunger felt like. I only yeah. knew hangry, ravenous and stuff sick. And now since incorporating the eight app and being able to bring back my hunger and fullness cues, now I'm about every three to four hours, I get that kind of like fogginess in my head. I just feel a little bit more fatigued or tired. Uh, I, I get like a feeling in the back of my throat. And it's just like, it's like I'm able to make a conscious nourishing decision because I feel like I'm a battery that's a little depleted and food is allowing me to just kind of like bring that energy back up without overeating or just eating something that like, isn't going to bring me, um, energy. No. And that was the exact. So today I had my hair appointment early this morning. So I was like, okay, you know, eight to 10 30, I needed to go to the grocery store. So I'm like, okay, realistically not going to be home till 11, going to grab a protein shake. And then I get home and ended up getting home early. So it was like 10 20. And I'm like, I should probably, I need to eat. I'm hungry. So I had my, my breakfast and it shows you, it captures you. The last time you ate was an hour and 48 minutes ago. So obviously it was a protein shake. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And then it was what, like one o'clock and it had been, I'm looking at my food thing. So it had been three hours and I didn't even think to look at it, but I was like, I, we had somebody come over to look at our house um, for something. And I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm sick. Like I could take a really long nap right now. And then Josh, I was like, do you want to, are you hungry? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to make a meal really quick. So, but, and then I go to look at my eight app to take a picture of it. And I'm like, no freaking wonder it was at my three hour mark. Like, 
So it's just funny because like our body's going to send us these signals. And yeah, sometimes you do need to take a nap, but there's other times like right after that meal, I felt amazing and my energy was back. Um, so it just, so I like it for that feature, the, the time between meals, um, it does like an average frequency at the end of the day. So that's very helpful so that maybe you're gone for all day for like 12 hours or something or on a road trip, you can kind of say, okay, I eat typically around these time periods. I need to account for this, you know, when you're packing your meals or snacks. Um, and then the other thing that it does is it tracks your fasting. Now, this is not for the purposes of intermittent fasting. Um, I like it because one, if just say, so I weigh myself every day, that's something that I've done for almost two years. And it's something that I normally do. But if I look at my fasting time, my body weight, if I fasted for 11 hours versus eight hours, it's going to be different. My weight is going to fluctuate, obviously. But if if just say you went to hop on the scale and it was maybe a number you didn't like, and maybe your fasting was only five hours, it's like your body has barely digested and it needs a minute, give it a minute. So it could, if if that is a choice that you're making to weigh yourself, that is also a little bit of friction to kind of give you some evidence that, yeah, you're not going to be, you know, potentially sitting at the lower weight and that's okay. It doesn't have to be. Um, you also have the option to turn it off too, if that is in any way, like not helpful for you. Mm-hmm. I found it super interesting just cause like, I just, I used it with curiosity. I think this is the big key. If no one, like nothing else, please understand with anything that you're doing, anything that you're tracking or monitoring or becoming aware of, you need to be able to look at it through a lens of curiosity, not judgment. Like there, there's no yeah. point in being hard on yourself and beating yourself up for something that's already passed. Getting the app, um, there is like a trial, uh, a free trial that you can use it. So in the in the interest of curiosity, it's something that you can look at as an experiment if that's something that would work for you. When you actually get into the app, then you can kind of set it up. But I wanted to give um, some examples of some of the like options that you yeah. have when you, other things other than food that you can track. So um, in the middle, uh, there's like a little plus symbol and that's where you can. Um, so you'll click the plus symbol so you can take a, a photo of your meal like firsthand or say you were at lunch and you weren't. That's a beautiful sandwich with the sun rays that Kelsey showed <laughs> Um, say you were at lunch and you took a picture for Instagram, but forgot to, you know, put it in your, um, eight app, you can upload a picture from your camera roll, Mm -hmm. which is lovely and simple. And then say this was a meal that you make at home a lot and you absolutely love it. It's kind of your staple. You can add that meal as your favorite. So a good example for me is like, I love sourdough toast with eggs and blueberries. Like that's something that I just love to have, and you can just straight click on your favorites and it will, it will just log that. So that's really helpful. Um, and then if you weren't able to take a picture of your food, which happens often for me, sometimes if I'm just, out, especially if I'm like out to dinner with family, uh, you can just type it in as text only. So you would just type in sourdough toast, eggs, blueberries. Um, you can also track your beverages. So water, coffee, tea, caffeine, soda. Do you do that, Kels? I don't. I track I track my water, but that's it. It's interesting. So I don't track my water. And I've been trying an experiment where I am not drinking coffee during the <laughs> week. 
<laughs> Can you believe you? <laughs> me, me, Victoria. Um, yes. It's just, I mean, it's fine. A great experiment. Yeah. Great experiment. It's anyway. So I've just been enjoying a coffee out when, uh, on the weekends, like for brunch or something like that. And I do tend to take a picture of that. And usually it's because it's with my breakfast. Um, yeah. but I, I don't track it like as, as far as something extra, I do like that they now are starting to allow us to track sleep. Yes. Yes. Which is super, sleep, super cool. Which is awesome. Especially like um, it's also interactive with Apple Health, the health app. So, you know, I have my Garmin attached to my Apple Apple Health. So then it feeds into eight because I synced them. And then also for sleep, as well as um, any like my body weight, it just gets auto loaded because it's synced. Yep. So it's really, it gives you, I like it because it's giving you a more holistic picture of what's going on than, yeah, this is your food. Absolutely. Um, and movement. You can also add notes. So if something, um, a good example of that is maybe, I guess you could track it directly on the meal experience, but maybe you had a bad day and something happened at work. You could click on the notes and say, you know, really hard day mm -hmm. and look at later and did your food, did your habits or behaviors change because of that, because of that, you know, emotionally charged day. Um, and then the biggest thing, I think I definitely did this more when I was first using the eight app is all of the reflections. So like, how yeah. are you feeling? happy, stressed, bored, lonely? How do you feel now after the meal experience? Why are you eating? Um, it, I had put breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. I also added in pre-workout and post-workout just depending, too. kind of just depends. I usually will add that just because sometimes if you're like, if you have a pre or a post, it's like, oh, you ate like eight times today. And it's like, yeah. no, I just had like a Gatorade or I had a, you know, protein bar or something. So mm -hmm. um, I really, really appreciate that part. And you can add in all your own answers if you wanted to kind of more customize it to you. I've had clients um, add the hunger and fullness scale in that first yeah. section so that they know like where they are on that scale of one to 10, as far as hunger and, and kind of bringing that oh, again, awareness to, to how they're feeling in their body. And at the end of the, I mean, you can go, um, so it has your path. So like on, when you go to track your food throughout the day, it will have kind of your path. And if you've been on path or on off path, and then there's a calendar section. So it allows you to track, it gives you a snapshot of the day or, and then you can look at the week, which is pretty, pretty cool to see like how much on average you're sleeping. So maybe you are feeling like crap and you feel like you've plateaued or you're not really like seeing results. It's like, why don't you look at the last few weeks and are you sleeping? Are you eating normally? Is it generally, is your frequency the same or has it increased or has it decreased? So I think sometimes we can ask questions and we're kind of just like maybe wanting to complain or just be like, what is it? And it's like, if you're intentional about just filling some of this stuff in and it doesn't take that long. Mm -hmm. Um, you can have the answers to those questions pretty quick when you look on the eight app, which I like. No, absolutely. I, I, I think I, again, it's coming down to that why and how I, yeah. and I've actually just kind of putting a point on this. I had a client who really was, she was feeling so much resistance to this experiment that I was having her do as far as tracking and using the eight app because she had done Weight Watchers for so many years. She had done all of the diets and she just like was really not 
wanting to do this, that just feeling a lot of resistance. So what we did instead is that when she sat down to a meal, rather than even taking a picture of her food, she would sit down and she would write a note and it would be her gratitude for that moment, how she was feeling. And that was it. So she could go back and look at her day. And instead of seeing the foods she was eating, she was seeing all these, the way she was feeling, what she was grateful for in that moment. And she was still able to kind of see the time between each of her meals because it was still tracking that. But just kind of really getting clear about why and how you're eating more than obsessing about the what. And that's why I love these questions so much. Like, are you eating alone? Are you eating with colleagues? Are you... Are you eating on a plane? Are you eating in the car on the way to things? Are you, all that stuff matters. Yeah. And I honestly, I don't, I haven't like set my, oh, the other thing, but I haven't even set like an experiment. I've had the same one on and I don't necessarily document whether it's on or off. I just take my pictures. Mm -hmm. And honestly, mostly because when I first started tracking it, it was like, as if I could just document my food, that was like my win. And mm -hmm. if that's it, that can be it. Um, but I literally haven't changed it since. So, um, that's something I'm curious to see what, what I would want to choose for that. Um, yeah. but the other thing is if you're, if you're struggling with, so say you do this for a week and you see that on average, your, you know, your meal frequency is three and a half hours. Um, you can enable reminders on, um, here to do either like fixed time reminders. So yes, seven in the morning at whatever those intervals are so that you're not in a situation where you're hangry, ravenous and going into the pantry and just grabbing whatever's available. Yeah. Um, so that is also very helpful and you can customize them to what you want them to say too. I have one that I do that it's, it's fixed that it's always after a meal. So anytime after I've taken a picture, 10 minutes later, I'll get a little notification saying, Hey, take a time out. And so I know that if I'm done eating by the time that little timeout like reminder comes in, I ate too quickly. Yeah. Um, and it's just like the whole reason for that, guys, is it takes 15 to 20 minutes for our fullness cues to kick in. So it's really important that we're actually like slowing down, chewing your food all the way, you know, actually swallowing before you take another bite. Like all these things are going to slow you down and it's going to, again, help make that meal experience so much more mindful and you're much more likely to eat less, feels more satisfied eating less, which can overall just help with your digestion, help with your energy and help with your fat loss goals. Yeah. And I think, you know, say you take a picture of your food. Yes. You eat it too fast, taking a moment and what I've, I've done, because sometimes I think there's, I mean, in the past, there's been like shame, shame attached to getting more because I'm still hungry. So yeah, could I have sat there longer? Yes, I could have. And I'll kind of give myself like some time to make sure because if it, if it wasn't within that 15 to 20 minute range, which most of the time it's not, but if I'm still really hungry, I give myself a minute and then I can go and plate something else. Or, you know, it sometimes I'll be like, okay, generally, what did I have? What was I missing? Was I missing something that would help me feel a little bit fuller. Okay. Maybe I should find something quick that I can grab so that it can kind of pair that whole experience. Absolutely. You know, what's interesting is the amount of women that I've had when they start this whole thing, they beat themselves up and get angry at their body for being hungry. 
it's, it's really strange. Like, why am I hungry right now? Why am I eating right now? Like I had a big lunch. I'm like, yeah, but that was three hours ago. <laughs> like, of yeah. course you're hungry. Of course. Like, this is just how your body works. And I think having that awareness of like, what kind of feels good and kind of natural and then becomes kind of normal for your body then you don't have to be like, well, I had lunch. Why am I hungry? And then you yeah. can also look and be like, okay, did my lunch have, like you said, did it have enough protein? Did it have enough fiber? Like, were there, was there a healthy fat source? Was there enough, you know, like, was it enough to actually leave me feeling satisfied and to actually keep me satiated for three hours? And if it wasn't, then I'm not going to get angry at my body. I'm just going to get curious and ask myself, cool, this is data. What can I add next time? Yeah. I love, I love it. it. I do too. We, we both like, I absolutely love it guys. Like I have been using this app every single day. Like do you have an experiment that you do or do you just kind of run it like, or just kind of depends? Uh, it kind of depends. I think the biggest one for me is, is being mindful and like sitting down and making it a meal experience. I'm trying to think if it's actually like written in here. And I would say too, like, as there's different times and seasons in life, like I don't take a picture. So like, for instance, coffee, like I normally wake hmm. up and I make my latte or cappuccino and yeah. I don't have breakfast for like an hour. Like I'll go get ready and then I'll have breakfast. And so I don't usually take pictures of my coffee unless of course I'm making it with my breakfast, but there are times that I'll take pictures of it. There's times that I won't. Yep. There are times where I'll, I've honestly never logged soda or caffeine just because I, it's not something that I feel like I need to track. And it's like, yeah. I'm not going to take a picture of my soda at a restaurant because I normally just drink Coke, you know, Diet Coke if I'm at a restaurant. Yeah. So it, it just, it's kind of whatever you're needing it for, which is what I like. It doesn't like mandate you to do a certain thing and you don't have to answer any of the questions if you don't want to. But I just say that with the caution that, that's what I needed at the very beginning. Oh, yes. Now being where I am now, it's like, I just like it for just knowing generally when I'm going to eat. And so I can, you know, if I am gone all day, I'm like, okay, I need to think about when I'm going to eat because I don't know traditionally why we have it in our heads when people are saying like, I don't know why I'm hungry. Like, is it that you eat at 12 and you don't eat till dinner? Like, was that yes. what's in our brains? I and you have to make dinner and, you, you know, like for people that have kids, they have to go pick the kids up and get off work. Like that's a lot of stuff to deal with. If you just had a Cobb salad, like <laughs> seriously, like the biggest thing that helped me with overeating at night was making sure I had an intentional snack between lunch and dinner. That yeah. was such a freaking game changer when I was like at three o'clock. All right. You know, when people get this slump, dude, mm -hmm. just go have a sandwich, go have a snack rather than like trying to drown yourself in more caffeine like you'd be so surprised how having just a few complex carbs and a protein will make you feel and then you'll be able to get to dinner and you're not going to be eating all the ingredients while you're cooking you're going to be able to have a nourishing like experience and then move on it's it's insane so i definitely encourage i think for me it's like anytime if my experiment would be off path if I like was just mindlessly grabbing for something, or if I knew that I was stress eating or if I like not even stress, but I'm like, I know that I'm not actually hungry right now. I know I'm just yeah. seeking a distraction right now. And maybe I'll still make that conscious decision to eat it, but I'm just going to put it off path. 
And the thing that's kind of cool about this is then it gives you a percentage. Like it gives you a percentage at the end of the day of like, because we tend to catastrophize and really spotlight any time that like something hasn't gone right. Like, oh my gosh, I'm eating so horribly. I had a horrible binge. And like, they're only focusing on one meal out of like the five, you know what I mean? Where you had other ex meal experiences that were really, really great. Or maybe you're focusing on one day that wasn't that great when all the other days you actually were very balanced and it was a very big nourishing experience. Like, so it kind of just really makes it so it's actual data, it's actual numbers and you can't catastrophize it and make it this big old thing um, in your head. Yeah. And I would say, um, I'm like two more things. So one yeah. is say that you had a binge or an overeating episode, or it was very mindless and you did take a picture of it, or you did document it in some way, something that I've done in the past. And that I've also recommended is just go back to wherever that was yeah. and document it. And, you know, whether you can explain like what was going on in the situation, the things you were feeling, um, the emotions you were having, whatever you can do so that you have evidence, you know, when I'm feeling this way, this is what I tend to go for. Or sometimes you're just emotional and it happened and it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so, and then the other thing is that you can share your experiment and your meals with other people if yeah. you want, if you so want, that is, if you want, <laughs> I some people, it's not helpful. Other people it is. Yeah, it kind of, it really does depend because I've definitely had clients who like, if all of a sudden they know that I could see their food, they stop using it. Like they're, and I'm like, don't feel shame. Do you do not feel shame? I am, I will never judge you. And if that's the case, like, and far too often, the biggest thing that I see holding women back from actually being consistent with food journaling in general, is there's this kind of belief that if I don't track it, or if I don't, you know, uh, put it in the, the app or whatever else, then it didn't happen. Hate to break it to you. It did like the calories still count like your bodies and, and we're, we're focusing on changing and shifting our behaviors. And the only way you can do that is through acceptance acceptance that it did happen, but it doesn't mean you're broken. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just is a learning opportunity. So it's up to you to like, look at it and be like, go backwards and be, what were the triggers? What were the external and the internal cues that were cueing this binge, this emotional eating experience? Because then I can make a plan for next time, right? An external, just as an example, an external trigger or cue for me sometimes could be going home. Like anytime I'm at my parents' house, there's foods there that I'm not usually around. I don't usually keep in my house. Um, maybe it's even like mom's cooking or whatever else, or maybe it's just the stress sometimes of being around your parents or, I mean, I love my parents, but anyway, I'm just kind of putting it out there that those kinds of things, you may find that that is a trigger for overeating, or it could be an internal cue. It could be, I'm writing an email and I'm starting to feel overwhelmed, or I'm needing to make a post, or I'm doing something for work, or I'm writing a, a person and I'm afraid that I'm going to be rejected. And that is cueing me to eat, or I'm feeling lonely. And that is cueing me to eat. What are the internal external triggers? And the only way you can know that is if you're actually monitoring it and going back and reflecting. I used to like, maybe not answer the questions right away when I was 
doing it, like taking the picture, but I would always either wake up in the morning and review the day before or the evening. I would like review that, that whole day and just be like, all right, how do I feel about my meal experiences that I had? How, you know, what was the hunger fullness? What did I learn? What did I learn is the big thing. And it's giving you some space from the experience as well, because you know, say, you know, say you had something that you wouldn't normally have and you're feeling very emotional about it. And then nine o'clock comes around and you're looking at your, the day and you're like, oh, that was not a big deal. Like I had a totally normal eating experience right after, you know, a few hours later. So I think it can give you a little bit of reflection and space. Um, I think the motivation for me, why I use, why I use it still and what I soon realized was for a lot of people. So some of the people that were in treatment and whatnot had substance abuse issues. And they actually said that this was harder than, you know, getting off of drugs and alcohol because they can just cut it out. And while there are withdrawals and horrible things like this is, we all have to eat. And there was a reality that kind of hit me when I realized like, I'm going to have to, okay, I could either not figure it out and just be miserable and just kind of play the victim card that I'm always going to struggle with this, or I can figure out how to suck it up and have a healthy relationship with food. And even though I don't have normal food behaviors at the time, like I can at least try to act normal. And, you know, there are people that I would say generally, like, I would say there's probably a few people in your life that you're like, they just they really just know food and they know their body and they're super in tune. And there are people that are just like that. And that's incredible. So if that's what you have to kind of mirror to start kind of taking on that identity that you do have a healthy relationship with food, that's okay. But there was a, a, just a huge reality of like, I have to figure this out because I was so miserable that I didn't want to not have it figured out. And so that was kind of the thing of like, yeah, if I have to take a picture of my food, you know what? it's better than tracking my macros. It's better than putting stuff. I can't put stuff on a food scale. It's other than my sourdough starter. That's the one thing. If I'm making sourdough bread, you have, well, you don't have to, but it's just more accurate. So it it just, that was just a really big reality. And I think a big identity shift was just figure this out or, or you're going to be miserable because that was the other option. It's so crazy. Like I've realized this more and more, just kind of as a side note, guys, the more that we keep talking down to ourselves and just being like, well, I'm just a binge eater. I have an eating disorder or I'm lazy or I'm, I can never, you know, I'm an all or nothing person with food. I used to say this, I used to identify as an all or nothing person with food or with eating healthy F that I'm over it. It almost like, it's like you said, it, it it gives you an out. It allows you to kind of play the victim that this is just who I am. Cool. Yeah. You may have these tendencies. You may have some of these difficulties, but guess what? This is not who you are. And you absolutely do have the power to choose and to try new things and to learn from these things. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying like beat yourself up, but don't just say like, well, this is just who I am. Cause it's not true. And I would say, even though, you know, if somebody comes to me or, or to you and asks or, and says those things, it's like, we innately know that those things aren't true, but I do think that there is just a level of like, you have to get to a point where you're so upset 
and miserable or sad and like just sad that you can't figure it out that will move you to figure it out. Like, I, I do think that sometimes, you know, we could be talking to people and it's just going, there's no concept that this is something. And, and I think it's a lot of things, but I think one of the things is like, you do sometimes have to reach a point where you're you, enough is enough. You're going to draw the line in the sand and be like, I'm, I don't know what this is going to look like. It's not a diet. It's not going to be perfect. The thought of my brain three years ago telling me that I couldn't diet, like, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I'm just going to gain all of the weight. I'm just going to, and it literally was the exact opposite by allowing my food, you know, I food choice and just having the choice to make, yes, I could go get a milkshake. Or I could have chicken and rice and some, you know, I love mushrooms right now. Like I can make a really good meal with some barbecue sauce. And if I still want that, I can go get that, but I don't have to have it all the time. And I don't ever like, it doesn't have to be completely gone. So just, just some points that sometimes people have to really get to a miserable place in order to be like, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) Dude, 100%. We had a whole podcast episode about the day that will change your life. And it is that day when you're just like, I've had enough, like enough is enough. And I, I, yeah, I, I absolutely love what you said of just like getting to that place of just, I'm going to make a change. It's imperfect action. That is the big thing too, with this eight app, with anything that you do, just start just freaking start. It doesn't have to be Pinterest worthy pictures. It just, just start, take imperfect action. Don't be stuck in motion where you're just researching things. You're looking up recipes, You're but you're not actually doing the thing. Take imperfect action, just show up, allow it to be evidence that is continuing to build, like saying that you are this type of person, that you are, and this is, you are someone with food freedom. Food freedom, where you do have the unconditional permission to eat whatever foods you want, whenever you want. But food freedom is not just a free for all. It doesn't mean that you just eat donuts and candy and pizza all the time. You can, but food freedom means that you are able to eat in a way that is in alignment with your goals and your values. It's in a way that respects and honors your body. It allows you to be really connected and in tune to your body's needs. It allows you to easily say no to foods. If you don't really want that life experience without feeling like you have to white knuckle or deprive yourself, that is food freedom. And that's exactly what we're going, like what we teach and what I'm going to be specifically teaching you in a five-day Find Food Freedom Challenge It'll be on Sunday, January 21st through the 25th. I'm going to be giving you guys the exclusive methods that I have learned and I have shared that have helped me heal my relationship with food, that have helped Victoria heal her relationship with food, to stop binge eating once and for all. And guess what? It's not a diet. It's not, you're not going to be on a diet. It's not two options. It's not diet and just like say F it. No, no. There's food freedom in the middle where it actually is eating in a way that isn't aligned with you and makes you feel good. And if you'd like to know how to get to that gray zone, that beautiful middle ground where you're no longer all or nothing with food, definitely be sure to join us. It's www.rediscoveryoufree.com slash challenge. We'll also put the link in the description. You do not want to miss this five days where we are going to help you implement and put this into practice. 
Yes. I love it. I love it. We will also have the information for the eight app, where to find it. Um, if you have great experience with it, we'd love to know. So our Instagrams will be in the um, show notes as well. So absolutely guys. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. We'll be sharing it also how to use the eight app specifically and helping you implement it in the challenge. Um, but guys, if nothing else, please check out this app. It's absolutely life-changing and, uh, we hope that you're having an incredible start to your 2024. I love it. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye guys.